From the Cairo Radio Newsroom in Seattle, I'm Dave Ross, and these are the Ross Files. Who listens to you is the question that Kate Murphy posed for her book, You're Not Listening. What prompted you to write a book simply about how to listen to people? You know, I wrote this book because despite living in a world that's all talk, listening is actually the more powerful position in communication. You learn when you listen. It's how we understand. It's how we connect. It's how we cooperate. It's how we fall in love. And yet, you know, I noticed what I think a lot of us have noticed is that it's becoming increasingly difficult to listen. People are listening less, either because of our culture, because of our technology, because of our environments. And yet at the same time, we expect to be heard. We yearn to be heard. And this mismatch is making people misinformed. It's making them anxious. It's making them lonely. And it's it's making us intolerant. And so I, I thought this was a topic worth exploring. Yes. Well, I mean, with social media, you can have a, a bigger listening audience than ever before, or at least a bigger audience. Now, whether they're paying attention to you or just sort of jousting <laughs> with you, I guess, is is up for debate. But are, are, are there, I know there are surveys showing how lonely people are because they haven't got as much in-person contact as, as before. But are there surveys that, that where you can actually gauge whether people are either uh, pretending to listen as opposed to, to actively listening? Well, uh, you can actually see it in the neuroscience where they've put speakers and listeners together and and measured their brain waves. And you see that people are actually listening and understanding when they when their brain waves sync up. Uh-huh. And um and it's that same feeling you have when you're at a party or when you're talking to someone and that feeling of connection. Like, you know, I get you and this person gets me. And, you know, when you were talking about with technology, that doesn't happen when it's just one way. Technology is very much one way. And listening isn't the same thing as hearing. You're you're using all of your senses and you're looking at the body language, the majority of the information, the, particularly the emotional information, which is the most important part of the conversation, you're getting from nonverbals and you can't get that from a text. And I was having this conversation the other day. I thought it was so interesting. We were talking about how the majority of texts these days are emojis. And also when there is actual text in it, there are all these exclamation points. And what that is, is what we were surmising is that's very much, this was with a neuroscientist, that we are actually trying to replace what we're lacking, that facial expression, that differences in tone of voice with the exclamation points. You know, there are usually five or six of them at this point. And, you know, all these emojis where we're just yearning for that face, for that actual contact with another human being. People don't realize, you know, how much they're lacking, but they do have this vague sense of unease or dissatisfaction or, you know, indeed loneliness. And and we were asking about surveys. I mean, the surveys are really quite stark. I mean, more than half of the population says that they do not have a meaningful in-person conversation with another person on a, a on a daily basis, and also that they often feel lonely. So what do you do about that? It's, I think most people know the feeling when they find yeah. themselves talking, but their audience is not at all engaged. So when you find yourself in a situation like that, how do you break out of it? Well, you listen, and that's not as simple <laughs> as it sounds. Um, listening is something that is really a cultivated skill. 
And it's something that degrades like most skill if you don't do it often enough. And that's what I really wanted my book to be was a practical guide. Each chapter looks at a different aspect of listening. But, you know, if I want to give somebody, you know, your listeners a practical tip to put into place right now, you know, when you're talking to someone, make sure that your goal in the conversation was is to learn something about the other person. Mm-hmm. And if you're leaving the conversation and you haven't learned anything new and you're you're really rewinding what you said and how well you performed in the conversation, which, you know, so many of us do because, you know, we, we want to be liked. But, you know, the, the key to being liked is connecting. And you cannot connect with another person unless you listen and understand their story and understand their feeling. And so if that should be your goal when you're talking to them is, okay, what am I going to learn about this person? And, and really, it's something that is so interesting. Everyone is interesting if you listen to them and ask the right questions. That's, I'm sure, something you've learned as a journalist as well, that, you know, everyone has got a story. You just need to be patient and listen and ask the right questions. I think that's absolutely true. The thing I also find, though, is that people assume things based on the questions you ask. They assume that many times that you're either judging them or challenging them. And then there's the other thing. What about if if you, as a listener, are afraid of hearing something that might change your mind in a way that makes you uncomfortable? Well, I think that's exactly right. And I think that underlies a lot of what's going on politically, where people cannot bear to listen to somebody who has opposing views. And um, when I talked to researchers about this, they actually, again, hooked up people to fMRIs and looked at their brain patterns while their deeply held beliefs are being challenged. Mm-hmm. And it was the same brain pattern that they would have as if they were being chased by a bear. Like really? there was an existential threat. And so when people are listening to others and start getting that feeling that, you know, like, I I can't listen to this person, you know, I don't agree with this person and, you know, they're not worth my time, I'm not listening, is really take a deep breath and realize you're not under physical threat because that's what your primitive brain is telling you. And when your primitive brain is, uh, you know, in that fight or flight stance, you can't listen. So you need to engage higher order thinking at that point. And so it's take a deep breath and ask a question. Try and find out how that person landed on the opinion that they have. And it's not so, you know, you can change your mind, though that might happen, but it's really to understand. And also, you can't really be firm in your position unless you really understand the opposite side. And you also can't craft a good argument unless you understand the other person's logic and where they're coming from. So listening helps you on both counts. So you can speak better because you you have to know your audience to land a message well. And you also, it makes you more at ease. You have, there's something that they call cognitive complexity. And it is what helps us be really our sharpest and help us come up with better ideas to develop patterns. And that is being able to hold contradictory views in our head at the same time. Nothing is black and white. And it's not scary if you just take a deep breath and say, I'm going to understand this instead of be scared of it. Okay, so how do you cultivate that skill? I mean, sometimes, for example, I write commentaries on a daily basis, and usually as part of the process, I will sort of argue with myself, you know, to see what I what I really end up uh, believing. You you've suggested um, studying comedy as a way to cultivate listening skills. 
Absolutely. I went uh, to the improv mecca in Chicago. I went to Second City mm -hmm. because actually a lot of companies are realizing how important listening is and how their employees aren't listening. And so how do you teach that? And it is, you know, it's there hasn't been a lot of research, but what they're finding is very effective is to teach improv comedy where you have to really listen to your partner in the scene and really work off of what they're saying to make it successful, to make it funny. And so that is something that really teaches you how to listen. You, you think of artists as being, or people who are on the stage as being really out for themselves or self-centered, but improv comedy works the other way, where you're really paying attention to your scene partner and whatever they say, and you, you leap off of that, and that person does the same thing for you. And that's how any great conversation is, where you're latching on to what the other person says and expanding on it. It becomes like this really great dance. And I love what you said about how you had these arguments with yourself, because um, often when you're engaging the same parts of your brain, when you are talking to yourself, when you're having these internal arguments, you, when you're talking to your inner voice and, you know, your brain is actually engaging the same parts as it would as if you were talking with another person hmm. when you're doing that. And your inner voice gets better and better the more people you listen to, because then the more sides of an argument you can see with that experience. Sort of a mild schizophrenia, huh? Well, you know, it, it all starts when you're a little kid. Little kids, you see, they talk to themselves all the time. Yeah. We still do it when we're adults. We just get better at not doing it out loud, though we all do, you know, like, where are my keys? Or, you know, or yell at something on the radio. You know, it does slip out of our mouths every once in a while. But we're having conversations with ourselves all the time. Believe me, I know people are yelling at the radio all the time because now it's easier to <laughs> It's easier to yell than ever. You just uh, walk up to the computer and type something. So you um, you also say that gossip is good. What do you mean by that? This is gossip defined as talking about another person who is not there. Mm -hmm. And actually, you know, though we think of gossip negatively, the research shows that really only three to four percent of it is really mean or malicious. It's more you talking about some problem you're having with another person or, you know, something that you don't understand that, you know, can you believe that person did that? I don't, why would they do that when you're having that conversation with someone else? And when you have that conversation and you're listening to each other, you really, that's how we learn our sense of ethics and morals. If you think about it, what are religious stories like the Buddha stories or the Jesus parables, but it's gossip. It's what has happened and it's how we, you know, whether I, I give the example of my great, great aunt um, down in Galveston, Texas, and all we talked about was what we loved and what we loathed about other people. And it really formed and shaped me, as I'm sure other people have a relative, by how they talked about other people. And you learn, you know, what is right and what is wrong and what bothers people and what doesn't bother people and how people cope with the things that bother them. Um, and that's really how we develop. And so in that way, yes, indeed, gossip is good. Yeah, I don't classify that as gossip. You're, you're, you're having a, a conversation within the family. Gossip to me is when you start spreading malicious stories about other people to complete strangers. Well, that's how gossip has gotten a bad rap. But yeah. if you look at the, the social science literature, they define it as talking about another person behind their back, mm -hmm. which, you know, sounds like it's negative, but really only three to four percent of gossip is what you're defining, yeah. which is, you know, just trying to be awful. Yeah. Okay. So exercise your listening skills. That's slander. By, 
Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, you can get sued for that. So yeah. you're talking about exercising your listening skills by by studying comedy, by uh, engaging in gossip. Does there come a time where you simply have to stop listening? Yes. And I don't want anyone to think that my book is just kumbaya. You know, there there does come a point. There are only so many hours in the day. And so we all make choices about who we listen to and for how long. And that's really the power of the listener. You are what you attend to in life and, and you have to make choices. And um, there is a wonderful uh, British scholar who talks about um, how we decide what we're going to listen to, that we all subconsciously have expectations in conversation because conversation is essentially cooperative. It's, you know, and if you perceive that the other person's not cooperating in this conversation, you're going to want out of the deal. You know, I'm getting gypped. I want out of this. And the, the expectations are quality, quantity, relation, and manner. And quality is we expect the truth. If someone starts lying to us, you know, we check out of the conversation. And quantity, if they're giving us way too much information, you know, like somebody telling you an excruciating detail about their colonoscopy, <laughs> yes. you know, you, you, you do start to, to, to tune out. So you do have a and, right and to also, interrupt sometimes. Well, yeah. I mean, I think there's a sense where, you know, not in a rude way, but where you have to say, you know, this, I, I can't do this anymore. You know, I need to listen to other people. This is a source that's, you know, as you know, as a journalist is unreliable. Or, you know, if you just have time constraints, you know, I'll, I'll have to come back later. And then relation, that it has to be logical. It has to have a sense of um, relevance and logical flow. And then finally, manner it has to be, you know, unambiguous. It has to be reasonably brief as well. Yeah. And so if anybody violates any of those things, then that's, that's when you start to check out. But, you know, a lot of times I, I talk about in the book that listening is not something you should only do when another person's talking. You should also be doing it while you are talking yeah. and really getting a sense from the other person. Am I violating any of these? They're called Grice's maxims that I just brought up. Mm -hmm. Am I violating this? And, and if you're even having a hard time sensing that, you can just say to the other person, too much? Am I going on too long? Mm -hmm. Are you following me? And, and that way you can have a better conversation. That it's really, like I said, it's like this wonderful dance where you're really, you know, feeding off each other, like those improv comedians, where you're really developing something that where you're incredibly engaged and it's fun. It's called uh, one of the um, attachment experts I talked to talks about it as snatches of magic. And we've all felt that like you met somebody at a cocktail party and it was a different kind of conversation where you're just like, I really enjoy talking yes, to that person. It goes really well. Really connected with that person. Right, right. So because I asked that question because as, a, as somebody who does a, a, an on-air show, there are times where I'll interrupt people. And it's usually because, as you say, they're giving either too much information or they are filibustering. They want to monopolize. What they're actually trying to do is try to stop me from asking any questions. And, so, and also, right. I, you know, the clock is always running. Uh, and the other thing is yes. that I thought was interesting that you said was that the other time to listen is when you yourself are speaking, that it's important to to keep the needs of your audience in mind and to check in from time to time to make sure that you're you're getting across, not just deliver a 10 minute uninterrupted lecture. Exactly. You know, don't, you don't want that. You want it to be like that dance, that that absolute engagement where you both lose yourself and mm -hmm. become greater than the two individuals. It's the great conversation. Okay, so then for someone who uh, who wants to improve their listening skills, uh, can social media help or or hurt? 
Um, I would land on the latter. I think social media does not help. It's very much a one way. It's this virtual megaphone and you're just looking for affirmation. You're not looking to really know the other person on the other end. It, you know, listening at its best is something that you do face to face and lacking that then a real back and forth, like on a telephone, which I know people don't do anymore, but I, that's why we're having loneliness and disconnection and it, it's, it's empty. You know, people get off social media, you know, and after they see a few likes, how long does that last? And yeah. are those people going to be the people that really show up in your life? No. No. You're Not Listening is Kate Murphy's book, What You're Missing and Why It Matters. And the neuroscience part, those, uh, those coordinated brainwaves, I, I find just especially fascinating that, uh, that science has been able to actually detect when you're paying attention and when you feel threatened by, uh, by what's being said. It's fascinating. Fascinating how it lines up exactly to how we feel. Kate Murphy, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Remember that when there's a longer version of the interviews on Seattle's Morning News, you can usually find it right here in the original form, unconstrained by the limitations of a live broadcast. And you can subscribe so that when someone says, did you hear what was on Seattle's Morning News, you can say... Not only that, I heard the part that wasn't on Seattle's Morning News. So my advice is to subscribe. And then when we talk to an author, a politician, an entrepreneur, an artist, a scientist, a teacher, a journalist, a celebrity, you'll hear every word. I'm Dave Ross. Thanks for tuning in.